Today's Pizza Pod is a special one. We have Sean Podine with us, who has many, many titles, including a Stanley Cup title. But after 60 minutes of Pods, I'm sure you'll find his other titles just as interesting. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire All right, Pods, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready to rock I'm and roll? always ready. Well, this is... This this podcast is about as Tony Scott, Sean Podine as there ever has been, isn't there? Where were you this morning at 3.30 when right. I was cleaning the house? Right. I mean, we are both the seat of the pants geniuses of all time, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, I texted you a day or two ago, you want to do this? And you're like, sure. And, you know, uh, one thing leads to another and you're here and we're ready to go. Yeah, we pronounce it genius. At 4350. Yes. Yes. That's how advanced we are with that UMD communications degree. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 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 All right. So I had, in the intro, I said you have many titles, and we only have about 60 minutes before we lose our audiences here. Um, But there's a lot of, uh, we could go in a lot of different directions. So I wrote on our whiteboard here, our infamous whiteboard, all the different titles that you have. You have young Sean when you were a youth hockey player, the high school Sean, the college, and the pro hockey Sean. These are all your hockey career stuff, but I think you're a far more interesting player outside of the rink than you are on the rink and coaching the coaching the game so don't take offense to that I I, I admire you more for what you've done outside of a, a building than you have done inside of the hockey rink Sean so oh, I, I want to talk about your team 25 uh, investments that you've made into the community with your foundation I want to talk about being a dad of two hockey players and uh, uh, obviously, your time spent with with uh, pro athlete or what's it called? I'm first athlete, training training kids, uh, coaching kids with, over at the machine. Um, I, I call you a youth hockey expert as well. <laughs> and then uh, finally, uh, you're the spiritual Sean. I know there's a you, you wear a cross around your chest, and I don't want to leave that out. If someone wants to know a little bit more about you, I want to know a little bit more about your faith. And then uh, I, I wrote this one at the last second. Uh, I know you've been over and studied a lot of uh, hockey players and hockey coaches all across the pond in Europe. I would like to get your, if we can get to it, would like get your take on that as well. Would love it. You ready to go? I'm all ready. Most podcasts, I kind of have a good idea where this is going to go. <laughs> I have no idea where this was going to go, other than we're just going to throw it down and and hopefully we can get it done. Uh, have some pizza and and uh, enjoy ourselves. Thanks to lots and lots of pizza for their sponsorship. Um, I uh, was talking to JJ Halverson today, one of the owners of Bernatello's Pizza, and she was like, "I know Sean. He's awesome." I'm like, "Who doesn't know Sean? Who doesn't think he's awesome?" Um, JJ AJ was talking about there's a there's on the Star Tribune uh, today there's like a, a bracket for the best frozen pizza and she's like make sure you talk about our, our 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 vote for us in the bracket so I said well I'll do it on our podcast today and I'll also do it on Twitter so get out there and Perfect. vote for uh, lots of matzah Bellatoria all the other great brands that uh, Bernatello's has out there all right let's do it. Let's talk about how you got started playing hockey. Are you the oldest in your family and you were the pioneer? Or, did, or are you like me and watched a big brother or two, you know, drag you to the rink? I was actually the oldest and I actually started in figure skating. Nice. I, and my mom pushed, White skates or black? Oh, it was white. You really? Know that. Come on. <laughs> we else? can stop the pot right yeah. now. <laughs> At the Rochester Civic Center, right downtown. Yes. I, think, I think the rink I, was about half the size of a three-on-three rink. Yeah, well, th- that rink is small. Very small. That's compared the to the rec- compared Mustang. to the rec center. Yeah, oh, but geez. The, the little rink, the, the figure skating rink, is pretty small. But it wasn't even that rink. It was actually downtown back then in the oh, original really? Civic Center. Yeah. Oh, in the Civic Center. Yes, with the chicken wire all there? around. Yeah, and the Mustangs. We used to have an old pro team there, the Rochester yeah. Mustangs, and that's what built up our association so big. Is the Mustangs came in and played, and then they got employed in the city, and then they stayed there. Then they had kids, and of course, what sport did they put their kids in? Hockey, exactly. And so that's at one point we had the biggest association in the state of Minnesota. 
Yeah, it's still pretty big. It's It's still still, pretty big. It's still pretty big. And so, yeah, I started out there, and uh, I think I was a chipmunk in the in the uh, the winter play or whatever yeah. I had on the ice there. If I, my mom would remind me, I think I'm pretty pretty close on that though. And then started in mites, and that was back when we had the the boards that were halfway up the net, yep. and you had two little rectangles in the corner and one in the middle, and you know you try to get around each everybody and shove it in there, and if you could raise the puck, you got two points and. Yeah, I never got two points, but no, <laughs> a lot I couldn't of one lift puck. It was so no hard. Chance. I watch kids now on oh mites with sticks and the way they the training, they just <laughs> shelf it. I'm like, man, I couldn't do that till peewees. Still, you know? one, of, one of my favorite stories. We were, we put together this little three on three cross ice thing in St. Louis Park after school for the kids. Me and my buddy Chad Hess. And one time we had the boards up there. You know, now they got them cut out in the top corners, bottom. Yeah, corners, yeah, yeah. These kids are going top corner and. So Junior's going down there, my little boy. He's a hammerhead. You know, he's a lot yeah. like Papa. Yeah. And, he, and this little boy, Timmy or whatever his name was, would stand right in front of this board. And Junior comes over to me crying. I'm like, what's wrong? He goes, Timmy won't move. I go, shoot at him. <laughs> so, so here's my kid, six years old. He goes down, rifles a wrist shot, really right high. Gut. Timmy didn't come back that day. <laughs> <laughs> great parenting. Yeah, great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's the same kind of parents saying, well, we'll punch him in the face yeah. then tomorrow when you get to school. Exactly. Like, yeah. Did you really tell him that, Tony? I'm like, yeah, I did. If he's going to bully you, just smack him one. That was on the air, right? Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, both were on the air. Yeah, yeah. Both were on the air. You know, I go, well, if you got a problem, take him out. But you know? no, yeah, I was very blessed to uh, come up through an organization. Um, I had the same coach the whole way through Squirts. Was Pee-wee's it somebody's Bantams. dad? Yeah, Norm Fitch. Yeah. I mean, his, his son, Chad Fitch, was a good friend of mine. And uh, it was funny. You talk about kids nowadays always pushing up to play at the higher level. You know, I was squirt B, squirt A, peewee B, peewee A, Bantam B, Bantam A. Love this. This is awesome. You mean, you <laughs> and mean future NHLers didn't just play the 18 for sure? <laughs> and I remember when I got to Bantams, and I was always really small, I, I was really good in squirts and peewees. And I got to Bantams, all of a sudden people started growing, and I didn't realize that I was yet to get a hair anywhere below my head yeah. until I was about 17 years old. So all of a sudden, Dave Atribin and Ross Johnson, these kids started passing me yeah, and getting the MVP trophies and being better. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I, I couldn't believe I was getting worse in, yeah. my, in my you know, thinking. But then we got to um, high school, and I was, you know, Catching up, you know, and then luckily Dave went to the other side of town to Mayo, so yeah. I didn't have to yeah, yeah. beat against him, and same with Ross. So I got a chance to play a lot with John Marshall, which I loved, greatest high school ever, 1977 state champs. What? <laughs> was that allowed? <laughs> yeah, no, that was allowed. I went, I went to a high school as a state championship, too, 1970s, Minneapolis Southwest. So uh, yeah, and so, you know, I went on through high school, and I had two great coaches, Gene Sack, an old, you know, old vet, old Marine, just hard nose. Seniors played, then juniors, then sophomores. So I went into high school. I didn't play. There was no ninth graders that played high school. No. Tenth grade, I was on the third line, which was a third line that didn't play. I mean, fourth line, sorry. Yep. I would play JV. Juniors, I was on the third line. And then finally, one, another friend of mine failed out of school, so I got a chance to play up with yes. the older kids. And then senior year, I got to play you know, kind of as the number one center Got a chance. And then when I got my driver's license, I was five foot five, 130 pounds. When I went into my sophomore year of college, I was six, two and a half, 220 pounds. Wow, you were a beast. It was hilarious. I mean, it just kicked in, right? The original steroid testosterone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that was drug for. I had people coming up and asking me if I was, you know, take, this is back when steroids started coming Yeah, yeah, yeah. In. I had football players ask me in college, and I was like, I don't want you sticking any needle in my body. No, <laughs> no, there, no. there were no pills or whatever prescribed, whatever they do now. I don't even know. It was straight, know. like, horse It was injection. straight horse injection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I was... People don't believe that. I'm like, yeah, they, they, they were... Don't. De- that's how desperate people were to become good at sports. And, the, and they would use it. They figured if one injection worked well, we'll use more next time, and more yeah. and more. And then you get the, like, the Lyle Alzados that passed away at 44. Yeah. I mean, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 42, I think it was, looking like he was Dead. 21. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he went to his wedding, and he just literally looked like Lost he was half all. the man. Yeah, it was bad. But, yeah, so, you know, I hit my growth spurt late, which really helped me because I had to learn to kind of fight as a younger guy to hang in there, keep my head up, you know, survive a little bit. And then when I got bigger, I was like, 
This is kind of fun. <laughs> it's so funny. Your son, Junior, who everybody in, in our realms knows who he is because he's been speaking of MVPs and winning all those trophies. That's that's Junior, and it's fun to see that, that uh, he's got built a skill game as a result of it, right? He's not the biggest kid out there. Yeah, but he, he sure is one of the smartest kids and one of the most skilled kids you'll ever see. Were you like that? Were you ever as good as him? No, gosh. No. I don't think I so either. I mean, I, to be just the way you've described me who you were, you were never that skilled. No, no. I was never a really skilled player. I mean, even when I went to college, I sat out my first year because I transferred. Right. Second year, I was on the fourth line, and people might not remember, fourth lines didn't play. No. I mean, <laughs> you didn't just, play. You watched. watched. Junior year, I was on the fourth line again. This is at UMD now because you UMD. had a stint in, in San Diego. Yep, at US I played for Brad Buto out in San Diego. And did you lose any eligibility with the transfer? Yes, I had to sit out a whole year. But did you get that year back? No, you no. didn't. Okay, all right. Zero. So I back then they had quarters. We didn't do semesters at both colleges I went to. Right. So I went one quarter with Mr. Buto, and you know I still, I still that was one of my hardest days was leaving there. But deep down. I always wanted to go to Duluth. I always wanted to go there. It was my dream. And back right. then, there's only two schools, right? Right, yeah. The Gophers, which all the city's kids wanted to go to. Yep. And Duluth, which all the outstate kids wanted, wanted to go to. Yeah. It was just what it was. Well, it was smaller. Smaller. You smaller. It's much more up my alley. And I remember I had told Mr. Buto I had to go try it or else I'd always, my whole life, you know, wonder. Right. And so I came back, and Frank Serratore was the junior coach, and he said I could play junior. And so I called. Where was this? This is in Rochester. Yeah, okay, they used so to have a junior down, team. Yeah, yep. So I went home. How many iterations of junior teams have there been in Rochester? It's just been Jeez, it's unbelievable. It was a fight. Too bad it's not there now because right. now it would be perfect. That something was knock on wood would love to have come back. But so I went back and I called Mr. Sertich and asked if I could come. But he said no. He said we're full. Really? And I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> Great move, Sean. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, Frank uh, called up there and literally begged him to let me come skate with them during the week. So I'd go skate during the week with the with UMD and then car down in my $500 Vega with rear wheel, rear wheel, rear wheel drive and play Friday, Saturdays, Sundays with the Mustangs, either at and home or on the road. And the Bulldogs. And then drive back up at 4 in the morning Monday to go practice with Bulldogs. that was legal back then. That, back then, that was no problem. That's kind of cool. It was almost like it a was, JV. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it was like. They were kind of like the JV program. Because we didn't have a JV in, in, in Duluth UMB, then. Yeah. They were Minnesota sure them. did back in yes, the day. Yes, they oh, did. Oh, man. They it stockpiled was players. Yeah, <laughs> Luger just stockpiled <laughs> Brett Strotes and John <laughs> Anderson's. And like, I was like, okay, come on up. You know, you're not hustling? <laughs> Strote, get up here. I'm like, that guy made a career out of taking people's spots, oh. right? And I still remember, I, I did, we weren't going to talk college that much, but I remember my first game, I'm sitting on the pen, in the penalty box before the, the road trip, begging, you know, hoping I'd get to play after a year sitting out to go down to Minneapolis. Yeah. And I got on the lineup, fourth line, and we were playing Friday night, and we were playing crappy, I guess. I can't remember, but they put me on the ice, so we must have been horseshit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I score a goal, and I go line up, and I'm all pumped, right? And yeah. Paulie Broughton looks over at me and goes, First goal, kid? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> He's kind of burning me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing those two years where you really didn't play on a big stage, your youth career, you really not a big stage. The Ro Rochester John Marshall's not going to the state tournament. Nope. No one knows who the heck nope. Sean Podine is. Is this, is, this, is this the fire? Is this part of the fire? You know what? I or did think, you always have the fire? Or I just that, always loved playing hockey. I mean, I you know can, what I mean by the fire? Like, like, yeah. like, you know, you didn't have, you know, you know, Ch Tom Chorsky. You didn't yep. have his life. He was oh, geez. always the best player, always yes. all conference, always all state, you know, first round draft pick. I mean, you had a completely different career path to the NHL. I think the, the two things, if you talk about the fire, that really spurred me is... Not saying Tom didn't have the fire. No, no, he, had he did. It, no yes. question. But he had the talent saying, and the power but and yours the is skill. a different path. Talk about that. Well, I just remember in high school back... Do you remember when they used to have the old um, Boston-Minnesota series yes. in 86? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I didn't get picked for that team. 
yep. which was no big deal. I, did, I mean, at the time it was, of course. They would take the best Minnesota kids, just so everybody you know, they'd take the best Minnesota kids on the odd year and take them to Massachusetts, and then the next year they'd bring them on the even year and bring them here and play like a two out of three series, yeah. right? And it was the only thing. I mean, it there was, was no summer hockey, that was really. Was, I played for Steichens, I think, in South St. Paul yeah. with Mr. Gilbert, and that was, that was a blast because we'd have to drive up from Rochester just to get a game or two a week. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got passed over from that. And then I remember playing in the Mustang, sitting in the backyard of my good friend Jimmy Rush's house. And one of the guys on the team looked at me, and a good friend of mine, Guy Goslin, yeah, I grew up in Rochester. He said, is he older than you? Yep. He was a senior at UMD when I was a freshman, when I was okay. sitting out. Yep. And he was looked, he a JM guy? Yep. He was okay. a John Marshall right. guy. Just tough as nails. Played on the Olympic team in 84, I Four, think. Yep. 84? 88. 88, yeah. 88. And um, I remember this guy looking over me and said, Guy Goslin said you'd never play a game at UMD. And I was thinking, first of all, Guy wouldn't say that. Second of all, I'm going to show you, right? Yeah. That, and that was another defining moment where I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna." There was a bleep. There was a bleep there. (laughs) He bleeped himself. Forced the boss button. (laughs) But no, that was one of those moments where you're like, you know what? What year was that? That was eighty when I came back from San Diego. So it would have been eighty six, eighty seven. So it was that year. The winner. The winner of eighty six. So you get on the ice and you score in your first, basically one of your first collegiate games against the Gophers. My first game. Yeah. How did that feel? It felt great. My 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 cousin Timmy owned Stubborn Herbs. Really? So I would always go over to Stubborn Herbs after and say hi. And it was funny when you used to go back there in 86, it was all gopher pictures, if you remember oh, going yeah. in there. I, yeah, I went to school there. But if you went to one little corner, Timmy had bolted in my bulldog picture from my no freshman year. Way. And all the, the his supporters and stuff would always steal it. Really? <laughs> take it down. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally had to like, just drill bolted it in, in there. there. That's kind of cool. What's Tim's last name? Podine. It is yeah, 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 yeah. My older cousin used to beat me up all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is he a Rochester guy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So we've gone through the boring stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, yeah. we, we, we got to do one pro story. Um, you win this. I, I got to do the Stanley <laughs> Cup story. Uh, if you haven't, it's, this is for the, in case you haven't heard this story. I, I don't think, I think I didn't, hadn't met you for five years before I heard this story. I mean, maybe 10 years and I'd already known this story. Go through the, uh, you win the Stanley Cup. Uh, everybody showered on the team and then headed out to the bar. And what happened next? So it's funny. I was, it was not planned at all. I was still, you know, all my stuff just kind of hanging out. And you think you'd be celebrating and just, you know, letting loose, but. You're so exhausted and so dehydrated. You're just literally hanging in there. You're enjoying right. the moment. Don't right. get me wrong. But I think my favorite moment was going on the ice with my family and calling my grandma and grandpa, <laughs> to right. be honest. But so they said, you know, everyone is ready to go. And they said, Pods, you'll never wear your stuff to the, you know, the bar. And we were going to the chop house down the way. And so the trainers taped my skate guards on. I went there with it on. No big deal. Thinking you wore your equipment. Your full equipment. equipment. Everything but gloves and helmet. Helmet, yep. And so I walk in and thinking this is going to be, you know, kind of funny. And I'm, I'm with my buddy, uh, the lead singer of uh, Fish, the band that's been yep. around for a while. Name dropper. And, yeah, that that's a total name drop. I right, was. That's fine. And uh, Barry Melrose is there. Another name and, dropper right there. And so I was gonna, my buddy goes, Barry, Barry, you got to see this guy. Look at Pods. He looks at me like not even impressed. That's nothing. We had a guy in Adirondack where we were stuffed for 24 hours after we won the AHL. And that's all you needed, right? Hey, triple dog dare, right? <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. It was. I mean, we're still in what, fifth grade? You, pretty much. And uh, You're, You were mature as a fifth grader at this yeah, point. Very <laughs> mature. Uh, and so I said, okay, well, now, you know, I got to wear my stuff for 25. And you wore number 25. And so I actually did. My feet swelled up like volleyballs. We're laying in bed at 6 in the morning, and my wife looks at me and says, just take it off. Enough. Now this and, is only you're only ten hours in. Yeah, you got another something fifteen like that. hours yeah. to go. That's so a, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. What are you doing besides the next you know, day? Yeah, you know what we did, and it was really cool. We went to went to breakfast and then went and met some friends, and then we went up. So the you mountains. go to breakfast. You go into a restaurant oh, now, it's and I smelled stanky. No, really, really bad. It was gross. I had cuts turning different, you know, yeah, like yeah, greenish. Yeah. But what is uh, the lady who is your waitress? What's she saying? Well, she's at arm's length. I mean, you talk about right now with the six-foot distance. There was some social distancing There was going social on. distancing going on <laughs> back in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so we 
end up going up to the mountains because we lived out just in the foothills, hanging out at our favorite little place, you know, dousing myself with water because I'm overheating and just like hanging in there. And all of a sudden, finally, the time came to take it off. I was so happy. And my wife <laughs> brought me a bar of soap. And so I jump in the stream that's com- coming down, just this beautiful little town, Morris, and Red Rocks is there. Great right. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I finally get it off, and I jump in the the, the uh, creek, and it's coming down. And I take the bar of soap, and I go up my arm once, down, up. It flies out of my hand. Into the water. Into the creek. Can't find gone. it. Gone. And so now I go out that night in normal clothes, still stink. Just gross. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was, it was hilarious now looking back, but it was disgusting. Yeah, I don't know if I could have hung with you too much longer, especially your wife, man. She's like, how how many years married were you at this point? At that point? Oh, geez. Four, only four. Four years. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, you were kind of family by this yeah, point. Yeah, we were together for seven. Were, the, so. the courting was definitely gone. Past. <laughs> courting was done. Definitely gone. All right. Uh, let's, before we get into some hockey chatter, I want to talk a little bit um I knew who you were because we were the same age and you played college hockey when I was, a, you know, big into college hockey. I still am, but um, but really lost track of you it, it, through the pros. But you won a Stanley Cup. This thing in Rochester, this, this party slash golf outing slash famous people from all over the world start coming in. Talk about your memories of the, the, the Team 25 fundraisers down in Rochester. Well, we were... Again, we were very blessed to meet some great people early on and a great family of, with this, uh, these kids that had this rare disease, ataxia telangiectasia, and that no one had even heard of. And it was just being literally named a disease when we met this family. And we got on board, and we were, we were looking around to help out, and we looked at the Ronald McDonald House and different mm-hmm. bigger organizations, and we really wanted to do a grassroots organization where you could make a difference. And um, I remember talking to my wife, and I was going out to help out this at this golf outing, and she, we were just boyfriend girlfriend at the time. I, and she dropped me off. I said, "You know what? I'm gonna go for about an hour, and then you can come pick me up." Well, we end up on the dance floor with the two kids in their wheelchairs until you know one in the morning. Till Willow Creek asked us to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicely leave, and I was like, "This is it." And so we started a, fu- a fundraiser with some great people aboard that. Uh, worked tremendously hard and gave so much time and energy and really made it go. And we had some very, very nice people come from different venues. And I was a big music guy. And so, yeah. and you know, we, we, we enjoyed the lifestyle of getting out there when we, when we were in our old job and seeing different bands and meeting different people. And we, and we were uh, very blessed to have people introduce us to these people that would again, give up their time and energies to come in and support what we were doing in little Rochester, Minnesota. And we built it up until, and we had great sponsors, Rich Gillette and you know Pepsi down down in the southeastern Minnesota, that couldn't give that couldn't give enough to help us grow our grow our foundation. And at the end of the day, you know we'd have parties with like twelve hundred people and you know fifteen hundred people. They're with legendary different bands, parties. and they were they were really fun. We were young, and you know we had the energy to do it, and. That was didn't have any kids. No kids at the time. I think we started that back in jeez, maybe twenty five years ago now. Yeah. And now, of course, it it, it actually really hit when the um, recession hit back in whatever year that was. Two thousand eight. Yeah. And then the, it started dwindling down. And I had pr- hopefully planned on passing it over to someone younger when right. at about the ten twelve year mark, but no one really picked it up. So uh, the board hung in there, and then we. Became some guy. People became grandma and grandpas, and people moved and did this well, and that. And no, so you have a daughter, Anna. She's two thousand two, and she's a two thousand three. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so the point is, like, you got to realize now. You also have, and Junior's two thousand six. You're everybody knows, and he, everybody who's smart knows when you get toddlers. Like I always joke, I have this high school hockey podcast and they all make fun of me. Like I have no recollection of high school hockey from 2000 to 2008 <laughs> because I'm chasing three kids around West Bloomington, just hoping to God they don't run out in the, in the traffic or poop their pants or all the <laughs> things that go right. All the things that go into parenting a toddler. Yep. It's you, you're only focused on that. You're not focused on, Oh, uh, who is Mr. Hockey? 
hockey in 2005. I'm like, I have no idea. I just remember, I remember hearing about it, you know, or you you barely know what's going on. A funny story. Uh, Do you remember uh, Thomas Vanek's run through the NCAAs in 2003? You know, the, he was the MVP. Your daughter was being born at the same time, so you probably don't I remember. I was a little busy. See, you see what I mean? Like, you know what I'm talking about. But Thomas Vanek, I mean, it was a historic run. He was easily the MVP of everything that year. I don't know why he didn't want Holby Baker, but he didn't. But I brought my one-year-old daughter. She's graduating this year, by the way. I had my, I'll never forget, the region final. I'd got tickets, and I wanted to go so bad to see the Gophers go to the Final Four. I remember bringing my one-year-old daughter into a packed Mariucci. And the place is just, and they scored, the Gophers scored four goals uh, in the first period. And I remember the Fair State coach was interviewed after the game. They says, uh, uh, did you have any, did you, what was your strategy going in the game? He goes, I tried calling a timeout before the game started, but the ref wouldn't let me. <laughs> It was one of those games. But my point is, like, when you have little kids, oh. you can't really do much. No. You know what I mean? And, and and this gets to your point of your of your foundation. It's hard. It becomes a, a real uphill climb without a ton of support. And you said it. When you don't have kids, it's a lot easier. When you start having kids and you want to be a good parent and yeah. you have them have to, grounded, you yeah. got to – some things go to the wayside. But yeah. it was it – was, it was, literally, I remember being jealous of how cool you were. I'm not anymore, but I was at the time. I was like, wow, he's really taking his gifts as a professional athlete seriously and using them for the better good. Well, the thing is, too, Tony, talking about that is, and it's hard to explain it to people, but I got 10, my wife, myself, our board, we got 10 times back more from the kids and families that we got to meet and support through this thing than we could ever give. I mean, and so it's almost selfish sounds funny to say yeah, it that way it but is. it's so true it's it's you get so much you get just such a dialed in realistic view of life i mean i remember going down to houston to visit one of our kids and you look this at this, someone you were supporting financially one of right? our well, yep. from, through our foundation and you look at the table in front of us imagine a quarter of this table about three feet by two covered in medications and pills and oh. injections and like dinner, like a dinner table, dining room table swear kind of to, thing. Yeah. Swear to goodness. And this is in the Ronald McDonald house down in Houston. And I remember walking in there thinking, okay, what am I going to complain about today, right? You know, what's <laughs> Nothing. What, oh, shoot. My, like, right now, my a trip to Mexico got canceled. Wow, that's wow, the end of the world, awful. right? Yeah, I know. Like, come on. So you get you get that perspective on life, and it just really humbles you quickly and makes uh, makes you realize what's important. All right, so we're we've cruised through the first half of our agenda. We're right on task at twenty-seven minutes. Good job, coach. All right, let's talk about your kids. Uh, Anna's a junior, right, or a senior? Junior, right now. She is, of course, the greatest little girl in the history of the world. Yes, we she is. That. Yep. She takes after her mother. Thank goodness. Yep. In every way, and she is a junior at Benilde St. Margaret. And she's going to play college hockey at uh, University of Vermont in a couple yes. years, or is she going to take a gap year? Did she you say? is. She's going to take a gap year and play U19s back here in Minnesota. Okay, take some classes online. Uh, you know, hopefully train and get a little stronger to get ready yep. for you know Division One hockey. And then Jimmy out at U- UVM was nice enough to offer her a commitment, and she's going to go out there and play. Uh, when is Anna at her best? Always. <laughs> Honestly, she's she's the most caregiving uh, person. I mean, and I I always say it, and I say it about Benilde, and I say it about just my wife. My 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 little girl is so she's so confident in herself in her own skin. Yeah. Um, she doesn't feel like she has to join the group, whatever group is yeah. mo- most popular. She's not a follower. She. She kind of finds the friends that kind of gravitate towards each other, and they're very good for each other. Right. And um, she's she's just such an angelic soul. I mean, she just she just warms my heart just looking at her, and just blessed to be her papa. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the little guy and special <laughs> oh, emphasis on the little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we can say that. I mean, it's oh, funny. Yeah. I mean, Junior's the kind of kid who's so confident in himself that even you, you could say, "Yeah, you're short and, or you're small," and it, that. Doesn't stop him. He has the confidence of a six foot four hockey player. <laughs> he's he's a beauty. He's he for good or bad takes after Papa in a lot of ways. But yeah, he, but he's a he's a big rule follower. He 
he he loves being coached and and the thing is i like him having a lot of different coaches yep. i coach him in the summer but coach bob over at slp oh, has what a all. great guy oh my goodness just <laughs> how blessed were we to have him i mean yeah i'm yeah, just it's been just a tremendous, tremendous um, experience and uh, uh, relationship. I got to spend uh, maybe uh, ten or fifteen. You know, you get those ten or fifteen minute bouts in the rink. You know, you and I have many of them over the years. Uh, but I had about a ten or fifteen minute bout with with Bob and his brother's coaches too. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And his brother and uh, another guy. I don't know. He might have been a dad, but the, the three coaches from St. Louis Park PBW, and Brittany. And Brittany, the daughter, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. She's awesome. So the four of us are just kind of BSing down in Rochester at the at, at Graham and and talking about hockey and their background and where they were from. And it was just it was just so neat to hear, you know, their passion for hockey, their passion for St. Louis Park hockey. Yep. And what how lucky that hockey association is to have a guy who actually runs the rink. Mm-hmm. So he's involved in the decisions with how the rink is run. I mean, St. Louis Park hockey is really really lucky to have those folks involved and in charge and they have basically an adult in charge right yes versus (laughs) adults being in charge which is the parents (laughs) you know these are not these are non-parents yes so and they're really lucky so talk a little bit about uh juniors season this year and and some of the things that uh, went into it it's pretty good great they had a great season they didn't make the state tournament they still had a great year yeah they had a great a very special great and you talk about you know we have a lot of talk about parents and yeah. you know association sports at every and every yeah, sport everything. But we had a great group of parents, great group of kids, great coaching staff, and you know they had some success, which is always fun, always feels good. But you know more importantly, they just loved playing for each other. And you talk, we talk about you know association hockey. We couldn't have had a better association experience, no, than we did in St. Louis Park the last four years. Unbelievable, yeah. Um, were you there that weekend uh the the Founders Cup? I think you were coaching Benilde at the time, but I think they played at Dodge County. But did you were you involved or in the rink during the thir- 7 to 6 game? Yeah. Were yeah. you there? Yeah, I made it over the, that was crazy. <laughs> I mean, we had we went over our best games of the year. There's just two, and that was one of the two greatest games we've ever seen. So one of the moms made a, a end of the year highlight film, of course, and that was on there with your voice, because <laughs> it was like you were almost going to shut it off right at five zero and say like, "Well, you know, it's five zero. They really need one." All of a sudden, the, the team went down in the corner. Remember that? Y- yes, this is the thing I want to talk about. So before we get to that. It was a the the game is insane. It's thir- so just so you know, if you if you weren't there, there were thirteen goals scored, seven by Shockby and six by St. Louis Park. Yeah. All thirteen goals were scored in the same net. Yeah. That's never I've never seen that one before. Never. At one point it was five to nothing in favor of Shockby, and at one point it was six to five in favor of St. Louis Park. <laughs> I know. And then with like a minute left, they uh Shockby scored. Think. Yeah. To score to tie, and then Shockby ended up scoring in three three. overtime, yep. three on three. On a three on oh. <laughs> on a three on oh. But it was almost a goal the other way. Oh, I know. It that's three insane. on three. Literally a three on three, and all three St. Louis Park kids are way below the hash oh, mark. I love and all it. of a sudden, yeah, I forgot about that. But after the first period, your son, Junior, rounds up the troops, and we took video camera. I'm like, I'm like, I'm. I'm snapping my finger. I think I go, look at this. Get this on camera. It's never been done before where you've had a team meeting in the corner of the rink led by a three-foot-three captain. (laughs) (laughs) And here's Junior, and they're all standing up, and Junior's on his knee pointing at these guys. It was so neat. And they came back. It was like everything great about sports in that game happened. Even your kids who lost and they were devastated realized the next day I talked to them, I go, do you know how cool that was? And they're like, yeah, that was pretty cool. And that, you know, we just talked about this with my, my, my brother's high school team. Someone's got to win, right? Yeah. But you know what? They all, both teams, they just left it on the ice. It was That's great hockey. We had another one. I won't get into too much detail, but we had a three-on-three uh, it was just a, it was a Northern Michigan. Marquette was playing Minneapolis Pee Wees in our Lumberjack Cup, and 
Uh, it went to triple overtime. <laughs> there were penalties in every overtime. So when you have like, there's the four on four mm-hmm. and then the three on three, we got to keep the kid off the ice and take the kid on the ice. And it was crazy. There are people going on the ice when they weren't supposed to be on the ice. <laughs> they were, it was like people were screaming and crazy. And the best part, it was the A and there was a peewee double A to follow. Right. So there's all of the fans for the A. Yeah. And then all of the fans for the double A because they're there early mm-hmm. to watch. So it's just, packed and it's chaotic and it was just like that one that's cool and that's what make this makes this so much fun which leads us into coach sean (laughs) right this is the Mm. next segment is to talk about being coach sean and and you have seen some of the greatest and you've seen some of the worst in your tenure of a, a as a youth hockey parent, you know, dating back to to Anna when she was a mite and 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 junior has played in the Brick, he's played in Europe, he's played in Calgary with me, and he's been all over. You've seen it all, and you've coached them all. You've had other people coach your kids. What are some of the greatest memories? What's so great about youth hockey today? Because we'll get into the bad. The bad's easy yeah, to yeah, focus yeah. on. That's easy. I don't want to. I want to talk a little bit about that, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about some of the great stuff too. And it could be your kids, or it could be coaching other kids too. I think, as as a coach, what I love more than anything is having. I, I talk to my high school girls about this a lot too. Is if they know you care, if they know you love them, yeah, and you care about them as a person first and foremost. You can yell and be very expectant as a coach, right? Yes. Because nothing's personal. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been doing it with my 06 team since they were, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper. Well, right. junior still is. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else is growing. But, no, as long as they know how much I love and care about them and I would go through a wall for, through, for them, then I can hold my expectations as high as I think it should be for them. Yes. And sometimes, you know, parents, their expectations aren't as high as mine. Which is tough to talk about yeah. sometimes. That's it's a yes. kind of a reverse of you know you can talk about the bad where parents are this or that. That's easy, but sometimes I'm holding them accountable at a certain level because I know they can reach it. Yeah, and I love that. That's what I love. And you win some games. So like I said, you win some, you lose some. It's going to happen. But I just love find helping kids reach their maximum potential because then you hope it carries over into what school and life. Life. What about that job? When Anna's going for that psychology job in five years, I want her to look at this guy interviewing, look at that girl going against her and say, you know what? I'm going to beat you. Yeah, I will. And this guy's nothing like that coach I had back in, you know, 2020 or whatever it is. Yeah. So uh, what about, not not to dwell on the bad, Mm -hmm. you and I have had moments and just personally moments with 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 parents and and, and tournaments and, and and disputes and what is some of the bad stuff what's some of the stuff that sticks out to you that might be different today than when we were growing up playing you know my viewpoint's probably different than other people's just because i was uh exposed to parents that were not involved in their kids lives through my children's foundation yes and I've said it many times where I'd rather have an overbearing parent who cares and loves and wants the most for their kids, even though it might be misguided. Right. Than a parent who's not involved, who's not around their child. True. So I'll take that parent any day. And a lot of times I just tell the parent, like one parent, one parent came and said, you know, you're not that good at coach. And I said, I never said I was. (laughs) Tell me who said I was because I want to meet him. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, today I just think, Parents have a lot more free time to focus on what they feel is best for their child. When I grew up, my dad worked 12 hours a day. My mom worked nine hours a day. They weren't around. I actually grew up playing at a rink that was 100 feet away from my dad's work, and he couldn't make it over for games because a truck would come in and he had to unload it. Yeah. Today, you pro- usually, especially in the western suburbs, and that, I don't mean that you no, know, it's mean true. or badly, usually you have one parent at home. Yep. Usually you have another parent who's working who can get off to get to the games or whatever it might be. So there's just more facial interaction, I think, from parents today than I grew up with in northern Rochester, northwest Rochester. Right. Do you think that uh, parents um, are crazier today than they were when we were growing up? I don't know. If, I don't think crazier. I think they're 
they believe in more of a process. And what I mean about this, and you know, my good friend Winnie instructed me on this, and we talked about this, is they they feel that if you know you might have a lot of professional um, parents out there, doctors, lawyers, uh, right, whatever it might be, stock yeah. stockbrokers, successful, Type A, so right? they they move to an association that is very well known, and then they put they go to the skating clinics then they go to the shooting clinics and then they do the summer skating and then they go to this high school and then they go this and then they should be able to go to the next level just like they did in school right it doesn't work that way you know in our yeah. in our sport you it's know not as linear there's bad doctors out there yeah there's yeah, bad yeah. lawyers out there yeah in our sport every every level it's becomes more of a funnel and so even though you've done all those things so have these people and the ones who have advanced to a certain level are the ones who get to move on to that next team, that it, whatever it, it might be. It, sometimes it's not just skill, right? No, no. <laughs> right? Ask me. <laughs> right. No, I'm sure you had the skill. So you have the skill, um, you have the character, you have the work ethic, you have the, you have, you have the it, you have the glue. You know, you, you, a lot of guys stay in the league because they're glue. They're, they're good glue for the team. They're, the, they know they're the guy that's going to go in the corners or the guy that's going to not afraid to go in front of the net. You know, those types of things that you really don't show up in an analytical report or on a score sheet. Right? Well, I, w- I wish I could pull up the book right now, but there's one common denominator in the most successful people in any business. Oh God, what is it? Grit. Yeah, that's it. And you got to have the talent to be able to play at whatever level you're going to or perform in whatever business you're in. You got to have that. You got to have the smarts to be able to stay there. But the people who are gritty, the people who are, and this is something I, I, I used when I was coming through. I always said if I worked harder than that next person today, I should be a little bit better, right? Right. Should. Yep. What if I did it for two days, seven days, 28 days, a year? I mean, I had many buddies going to the lake, the river on Saturdays, and I'm going to Brownie's gym for six hours. Did I get better that day? I hope so. Yeah, that's true. And what if you do it for two years? It really starts Four to years, pay off, doesn't six it? Six years. So, yeah, I just, I'm just a big believer, and I've read it too many times. The grittiest, and I talk to my kids about this all the time, go, out, go and get Angela Ducks or these uh, grit tests. It'll tell you right away where you if at. You got the grit. Yeah, it do. You do. All right. Uh, f- fill in the blank on this one for me. Kids today are. <laughs> Good question. I think they are multitasked with a lot of things going on in their lives, and compared to us, and life is happening too fast for them to process at times. Yeah. I remember when I grew up in the summer times, you got in your bike in the morning, you went to the baseball field, and you had to be home by dark, right? Yep. No cell phones, no communication. Mom and dad were working. You were hungry. You biked over to Jimmy's house, whatever it might be. Yep. I mean, these kids, tell me when you don't see a kid buried in their cell phone. Or if they aren't buried in their cell phone, they're getting trucked to a rink or trucked. The thing that bothers me most about, and I, I, I call it the, I blame uh, the Jacob Wetterling abduction for all okay. of this. I, I mean, literally, the, the, the world changed when Jacob Wetterling oh, got yes. abducted. Because after Jacob Wetterling, and I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like after Jacob Wetterling got abducted and, and subsequently murdered, by the way, mm-hmm. um, it seemed like the children organizing themselves, the, the, the thought of children organizing themselves went away. Mom and dad are going to now organize for you. Johnny and Jenny, you know, we're going to organize yourself. And a lot of the organizing of each other's lives is what you and I did. Mm-hmm. And there was no need for technology. There was no need for video games because parents didn't have the money. My parents didn't have the money. Oh. I remember my, I got Atari in seventh or eighth grade <laughs> after paying for half of it. Yeah. I said, I want for Christmas half of an Atari. I'll pay 100 bucks if you pay 100 bucks. And that's how I got video games because I wanted them so bad. After about... Six weeks of, like, three lame video games. I was like, oh, this sucks. I want to go back outside, <laughs> you know. Well, imagine this, Tony, and it's, I've told my kids this. I grew up with three channels of TV. Yes. KIMT so out of Mason City. Yeah. KAL out of Austin. And KTTC out of Rochester. And I did probably I, ABC, CBS, no. and NBC. Did you get the three major those, networks? Those were the three, three major ma- yeah, networks. Yeah, they got, each one had a major network, right? So I didn't know what was going on in the cities. Like, yeah. Going to the cities was like a, a road trip. I mean, it was... It was like going to Chicago. I swear. It was only an hour and a half away. Yeah. So, and so I knew nothing about that. I knew what was going on in Austin. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, just you ask did. Todd. I watched yeah. Todd, you know, break into a bank Todd when Hulk. he was that's sixteen. Right. But um, no, that's Rochester was you know the big city back then down in southern Minnesota. So that was the epicenter. It was. I mean, you you guys had Minneapolis up here, but I still remember well, there coming were a up. lot of jobs down there then, right? I mean, there, well, IBM we had IBM and, and, and Mail. Big. It was, well, obviously, Mail's still there, but IBM isn't as big today as it was. But then people up here didn't know anything about Rochester. I remember when Rochester I, had their success in the late seventies. People were all su- surprised. And you talk to the Rochester guys, they're like, well, we've been having success the whole way up. See, this is the thing that's like, do you remember uh, when Columbia Heights beat Edina oh, in the state yes. tournament? Like, I was the the least surprised. I was I was Tony Scott back then. I mean, I followed this like crazy. I knew every Bantam and Pee Wee player and, you know, the, the Let's Play Hockey rankings came out. I studied that thing top to bottom. You know, I mean, just imagine, right? So when they, you know, they won that the DJ Haller and and yeah. and Reggie Miracle group when they Reggie. they they won uh, Bantam either Pee Wee or Bantam State. I think they finished in the top four, and you know, I mean, it was like a legendary group of kids coming up. So when they beat Edina, they're like, "Can you believe Little Columbia Heights?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, but they beat Cloquet to get to state, and they beat Distance." I'm like, "They're really good." That was not a surprise at all that they beat Edina. It's you know, a, it was so funny. I still tell the story of Jimmy Carroll. Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Jimmy. carrots, man. So we came up and we played Edina when we were young. I would bet that Jimmy Carroll is listening to this show. I don't know if he'll get. I, I don't I know if he he'll does. get to the forty-five minute mark, <laughs> but we will see, right? I still see him all the time. Jimmy's He's the best. Guy. I still remember c- coming up and we won, and our parents were so happy that they let us stay op- over in a hotel room. And I was like, I couldn't figure out what the big deal was. But I still remember this red-haired number eight who wouldn't stop yapping. Oh, so <laughs> where? So when did you play him? So, oh, I don't so know. So this was in youth hockey. Squirts, peewees. They stayed in Rochester. No, or no, you, we were you, up. You in, came in the up cities. here, and we got to stay overnight for an extra night. I mean, that was huge. Hotel yeah. room? Yeah. Are you kidding? In the cities? We played. I know. I, I know you were on this team. Uh, we played a Rochester team in the semifinals. Of the Southwest tournament oh, over we in Augsburg. Every, every year we were in that. And I still remember how good you guys were. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, that was the day as a 10 year old. And I obviously, I think by this time, yeah, I think this was about the same year as when the Rockets won. So it was about in that same zone. Okay. So my respect for Rochester even before they won the state, was was bound by that game against Rochester. So I was like, <laughs> we're going to kill these guys from Rochester. And they were like, that's – and my dad's like, well, Tony – and he started explaining me the demographics as a, to a 10-year-old. Oh, right? He's like, well, Tony, <laughs> Rochester's a town of about 100,000 people, and they have one squared eight team. They're going to kill you guys. And I'm like, well, they're not in Let's Play Hockey rankings, Dad. You know, the whole deal, right? And I'm like – yeah, and they were good. They beat us in overtime, and they had a kid in their team that I don't. I'll never forget this. He scored the sweetest goal ever, and he slid like face first into the boards. It was like if I could, it was almost like Bobby Orr in a way where he, he jumped yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. scored it. And I go, not only did he score it cool, but he looked cool after the goal. I mean, it was like a celebration before it was. It was something else. But I'll never forget those Rochester teams coming into the Southwest tournament and just cleaning up. Park Cottage Grove Tournament and Southwest Tournament were our big tourneys up in the city. Yeah, they were awesome. They, they were, were awesome. awesome. They were awesome. All right, so let's talk about kids, what they aren't today. You know, they are what kids today are this. What aren't they today? I would say just coming from my background, uh, again, the grittiness, the willingness to do whatever it takes. They like to play in the safer areas more than in the hard areas. Yep. And the hard areas aren't as hard as they used to be. I remember teams would come down to southern Minnesota and always complain. They're so rough. They don't call anything. All the, and, Really? And we grew up with that. So we would go over to Austin, and I'd be like, oh, my goodness, they don't call anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Oh, Atana, Albert Lee. Yeah. And um, I just remember it was just, I won't say a tougher brand of hockey. There was just more let go. Yeah. And you still see it when you go down south. I always tell my kids, be ready. You know, it's yeah, just not the same. call down here. And I just think you all of a sudden you see a lot of these, and you hear it from the stands, you hear it from the benches. Kids, they'll complain right away if there's not a call, and I'm like right away, hey, stop right there. Yeah. We can either, you know, worry or be a warrior. One of the two. Take your choice. Yeah, you I like that. sit here and, you know, whine about what just happened or get a little tougher. Yeah, get, make get, yourself tougher. Get a little grittier. 
you know, I think kids are way more skilled today. Yes. But I don't think they're as creative today. That would be my kids are not as creative today. I agree. And I go back to mites. And I had a discussion on the bench one time. Because I used to tell my kids, even in on my summer league teams, never to talk, never to pass the puck. <laughs> Ever. Isn't that great? And the, great my, what you, a great you, coach. You'd see my, I know, that's what great, a great coaching, coach. Right? Don't pass it! You'd see my machine team. The, one kid would go and he'd lose it, and then the four guys would be racing to see who could get it next. Yeah. And and I just thought, and I was talking on the bench one time, and the guy's like, well, maybe you should tell your kid to pass the puck. I said, maybe I shouldn't. I said, every time he gives up the puck, he loses a chance to be creative. Yeah. And plus, I remember being down in Chicago doing a symposium with some coaches. And we played against the Chicago team. Every time they would dump the – we would put the puck in or the puck went deep. They'd go corner to corner to wing to center. Yep. And my little five guys would just be chasing the puck all the way around the ice. Right. And I talked to the coaches after. I said, you know, you're coaching a little bit robotic right now. They're standing still. Watch one shift. How many strides do my kids take? And watch how many your kids take. Right. Now, if they do that, sh- again, shift after shift, period after period, who's going to become a better skater? Who's going to become more creative if you don't tell them what to do? Right. Because they're being told what to do. I think too many coaches overcoach. I really do. Yeah, I'm a guilty. Uh, are you? I'm, I've overcoached in my life, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, look- I, I find myself, more and more I get behind the bench, the less and less words I use. Oh, I like that. Because I, I literally go in with my high school team, too. I tell the other team, we're going to put two kids hard, one high. Yeah. In our zone, we're going to be in the middle. Yep. Besides that. Hey, let's go. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't turn the puck over and, too much. And, and you don't see that anymore. I was at no. the state high school tournament, and every team's got a third defenseman standing on the blue line now. It's Always. so hard to watch. I know. I know. It's That's that's tough for me to watch, too, because I, I love, and that's why I love still watching European-style hockey is... There's so there's no fluid and there's so much there's more ice. It goes back to creativity. Creativity. It goes back to puck support. I mean, there is no puck support happening. No. When you have a third guy standing on the on the blue line. No. I, I, I don't believe there is. It's hard to watch. It's, it's the not, gaps bigger, and then it just it just it slow. I, I just it slows the game down. I like letting kids. I love the North Dakotas philosophy dave hackstall and they and they probably still do it i haven't followed close enough lately but if you ever used to watch north dakota with with dave the first half of the season they'd be a 500 team at best yeah and he would coach through mistakes yes he'd let them make mistakes and he coached through them all of a sudden after christmas oh boy big green with their ten thousand fans would be going across the country top three in the country vying for a national championship every single year and I loved it. Yeah, that was his methodology. Yeah. And it n- never quite clicked in the pros, but I don't no. think, again, I don't think the pros you get as long a leash as you get in college. No, in pros, it's it's a whole different animal now when you got players making 10 times more than your head coaches. You know what I mean? It's tricky. It's, it's a tricky. tricky one. All right, before we get into the last topic, uh, you, the spiritual Sean uh, title, I want to just talk a little bit about you played in Europe, um, and you've been to Europe studying – I want to know the guys you study over in Europe, and I know you bring a lot of your European stuff back to coaching. Talk a little bit about the guys you've learned from over there. You know, one of the biggest um, guys that I've learned with, actually, Guy Goslin was the one who put the, together their development Just program. the guy who said you would never play for them. That's exactly it. The guy I still <laughs> stay in touch with all the time. Yeah, even though he didn't say it. Yeah. It was a good line. All right, keep going. Um, up in Sheleftia, it's a northern uh, city in um, uh, Sweden, they've got – the highest percentage of players that have turned professional from their youth organization. And what I love is over there, they grow up playing in their youth organizations, and their goals are to play for their elite team, right? Right. They want to stay and play for their J20 team, their J8 team. They don't want to leave. They want to stay right there. And I love that model. And I've, I've That saw sounds familiar. Very familiar. All right, keep going. And so I love that model. And my number one model right now is Boris Dorochenko out of the Ukraine. This he's, is the guy I wanted to talk about. He's my he's my favorite. I mean, I love him like a brother. I I I've, I first uh, my buddy Hiroki from Japan sent me this video and he said you got to watch this guy. I watched it for literally I'll say sixty seconds at the most. Texted him back. I got to meet him. Met him. Flew down to Phoenix. Put my kid in his camp. And so now it's who would have thought a Minnesota kid would be going follow, following this Phoenix via Mexico City. Via the Ukraine skating instructor, 
for eight to ten weeks in the coming up summer. Not me, but yeah. I just love his stuff so much. Tell me more about what's what makes him so great. He's a savant. He he's he's actually teaching how to skate from the hips down and bringing the power. And I'm not even going to try to explain it because. Uh, I, he's <laughs> here's a good example we're on the ice one time I'm trying to learn what he's doing I'm watching this stride from behind and Boris is like don't you see it I said no what are you looking for he goes you just gotta see it and I'm like well I can't see I'm it. out <laughs> I'll go get the pucks and push him in the corner so he's instructing them from behind right in front behind he's does he just, have video of them no he's he just doesn't use video he's just literally out there and he's just and he's very he's very he's very direct Okay. Which I like, and which works very well with my kids, too. That He's just very to the point. You do it, or he might not have time for you. That's okay. it. And if, you try, if you're trying, it doesn't matter if you're doing it perfect or not doing it right at all. As long as you're giving that effort, he's all on you. And he's just, I'm just such a big fan of him and, and what he brings to the table right now for what I've seen following, you know, different Russian coaches, different Finnish coaches, I mean, all over the world, what's USA, the, Canada. What's the whatever. guy's name? Can you spell it? I mean, this is going to be a really I'm going to go with. What's his first name? Boris. Boris. And what's Dor- his last name? D-O-R-E-C-H-E-N-K-O. Or okay. maybe it's Dora. Maybe it's an A. Dorachenko. Okay. He's got a website, nghockey.com. There we go. That's that's, that's what I was really I know, getting I know to. that one. <laughs> that's what I was really getting NG, to. So if someone wants yeah. to learn more about him, yeah. they could go find him. And he puts on clinics only in Phoenix? No, he does Phoenix, Anaheim, Fargo. And we were actually blessed to have him coming to Minneapolis for two weeks in August. Okay, and he was here last August too, correct? He's been here for two years now. Okay, because yeah. I, I, somehow I think he was skating before the Bantam Elite League last yeah. year when we ran over there. Yeah. That's how I saw But you didn't introduce me because I wasn't cool enough, but maybe this <laughs> year I'll get a chance to meet him. Well, I saw that we turned bet the other way. Yeah, you that? did. You just saw me. Like, oh, what? Dang, let's go this way, Boris. Come here. We're going this way. We don't, you don't want to beat that guy. Um, no, I'm just kidding. All right, last but not least, let's talk a bit so about your spiritual life. Uh, if you know Sean, um, he's got a, a a beautiful spirit, a beautiful man who really is positive and, 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 and a great trainer of men and young men and young women, uh, but just always a cross around your neck. And I don't want to uh, avoid that topic, and I want to know a little bit more what, what, what that means and who you are and what, what your faith is. Well, you know, I've always been a believer, you know, since I was a kid, very bad practicer. Right. And I went to a Funeral of a good friend of mine, Chris Ratzloff, his father. I grew up with the Ratzloff family playing. And I remember sitting there, and my wife and I had gotten that all-important fight over the paper towels being right. put on the wrong way, whatever yeah, the, it was. The toothpaste. Yeah, the toothpaste, whatever yeah. it might have been. And I went down there, and I was just in a bad mood, and I went to the funeral, and I saw his family like joyously celebrating his life in church. And I just looked up at the cross, and I was like, that's how I want to be. That's it. Yeah. And, and I went home, I apologized to my wife and I just said let's let's try to remember what's, you know, number 1 yeah. and what's more most important. And so I that's when I really started practicing, you know, what I believed in, uh kind of soul searching, uh trying to remember that in the uh frustration hours, you know, going through our own little battles that we all wear our own little crosses in life or, yeah. or big crosses. Yeah. Or bear, and you know I've been blessed to have a wife that's literally just an, an angel who's taking care of me. Thank thank goodness, because some of us need that. Saint Sherry, yeah, Saint pretty much. <laughs> Two beautiful kids, and you know we talk about you know my children's foundation where I got to meet these unbelievable families, and then you go to we talk about hockey. Is winning that all important game on Saturday morning going to change your life? No. Is giving your best effort. And doing it for the big man above, the main thing. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, I just feel so so humbled that, you know, I have I have that in my life and that I get carried when I'm weak and I get uh very uh uh fortunate to have that in every in every instance. And so it's something our family it's been a blessing at, at Vanilled, you know. You know, I I think I might be the worst you, it's a bad word, but worst recruiting coach in the history 
a no, private school. I think Dave Snuggerud is the worst public school recruiter. Is he the worst? He's you worse guys than are like, me. You guys have this reverse psychology thing going on. <laughs> like, well, don't come here. We really don't. We don't <laughs> want hockey players. And all of a sudden, they go like, well, "I'll show you. I'll come there." You know. Well, I have this great girl, uh, Matt McMillan, and th- their family was choosing between schools. I said, "Well, first of all, if you're going to come to Manila, come for the faith." Right. I mean, that's number one. It's been just a blessing for our family. Number two, come for the academics. I mean, it's given my daughter so much confidence, and she's worked so hard and is a college preparatory school. And then if you want to come play hockey, come play hockey. And if you're okay being, worst-case scenario, a fourth-line JV player, you might be first-line varsity. I don't know. Yeah. But if you're okay with that, you're going to have a great experience. Well, the other part is is you're going to play in a in a, in a decent conference. You're going to play in uh, you're going to play against great teams in OK gonna, section and in really <laughs> hard, but but th- that's the bad news. Like uh, yeah. all, here's all the good news. Yeah. You're going to go. It's great for your faith. It's great for <sighs> your academics. You're going to get all this stuff. But guess what? Odds are good you're not going to state. But at last, all time, everything else yes. is great news. And the last time I checked, Tony, one team comes out of it every year, right? Yeah, out of state and out of that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough section, but you know what? It's uh, some some good life lessons learned, and you have some great. I mean, I, I look at the list of the girls uh, on your Twitter feed and the kids who play for you. I'm like, you got a really fun group of oh, kids geez. who, you know, they're really getting better. I mean, that last year was a, a great season for your Benilde girls team. It was fun to watch. Well, they just, they're just, a, they're such an incredible group. I couldn't even, I could go on and on about my girls hockey team. I just, it's, if I could choose one team to coach right now, sorry, Junior, it would be Anna's team in oh, a heartbeat. No question about it. I've, I, I've coached girls and coached boys for years. And my fondest memories are coaching my daughter's girls teams uh and and i and, and i'm not sure if you'll agree with this or not but uh and, and this is something that i taught myself or learned through some other coaches but uh boys need to win to have fun girls need to have fun in order to win yeah and it's way easier to coach once you understand that about girls like yeah if we just make this fun and and enjoy ourselves uh the winning isn't really that big a deal I mean, there's, I, I've rarely had girls get upset about losing. My favorite line. Rarely. In, in, and which makes coaching yep. way easier. I, you, you hit it on the head there. My favorite line is, boys need to know how much you care. Yes. I'm, I'm going to mess this up right now, actually. That's right. They need to know how much you know to care. Yes. Yeah. Girls <laughs> Same need thing, to right? know how much you care, care to know. Yes. That they're going to play for you. Yeah. Is that they, crazy? It, I love it. It's 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 how it should be, actually. You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, you watch. You, you've probably coached against her a couple different times. Is Sammy Reber? I mean, she's a magician. I mean, she's she is a magician. Everyone goes, "Oh yeah, anyone can coach that team." I'm like, really? I, would you really want to coach a team with twelve Division One players on it? With 12 Division One, you know, there's only one puck on the ice for Edina, right? How do you coach that team? <laughs> I know. There's only one puck. People think it's so easy. It's not easy. Okay, here's what I, oh, can I tell you one quick story about yeah, Sammy? Which, love it. I love Sammy. I think she's I got a just story the too cat's for meow. You. So, you know, before games, you know how you're just really ready to go head-to-head with that yeah, other coach, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 So, <laughs> the morning of the game, we're going to play Edina. Here I am sending her the, the clip from Monty Python's Killer Rabbit. Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I show up. I said, did you get it? She said, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, it's, uh, so I'm uh, covering the section final, Wyzetta, Edina this year, mm-hmm. uh, over at Parade. And after the game, I knew that they had known each other, Sammy and uh, Taylor yep. Williams. I knew they knew each other, but I didn't really understand what it was all about. And So after the game, they're, they're – they're they're hugging and I, I slam down the shutter on my on the camera, just nailing it right. So yeah. I get a picture of that and I ask her after the game like, so what's the connection between you two? Don't you know you're both from Edina? She goes, oh, I used to babysit Taylor. <laughs> I'm like, 
I now have the story, <laughs> right? Like, this is way better than the result or the outcomes of this game. It's like, what a neat story. And, and don't play down what Taylor did at YZ. No, I, I mean, it's exactly the point. It's right. like, what a what a magical team they had this year. What a fun group. What a great section that was with so yeah. many great stories in one little, I call it the mini state tournament. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was great. Even though Andover won and deserved yep. to win, but what a great tournament. There was, there were really, no offense to Benil, but there were really six good teams in the state this year. There was the four, yep. final four in, in your <laughs> section, and then you have Andover and Breck. Those were the <laughs> real, that was the top six teams in the state. And when those two, when those teams would play each other, man, it was a special brand of hockey. And it was fast. Very fast, very fun, fun. energetic. Exactly. So. Well, this has been a fast, fun, <laughs> and energetic hour with you, Poets. I know you got to get off and get on to your day. Huge thank you and shout out to our friends at Bernatello's Pizza and all their brands. Go out and vote for the Bernatello's brands. It's a local brand. Uh, you're voting for a local money, local brand here in Minnesota, uh, as opposed to a multi-generational uh, uh, group down at Schwann's. I love the Schwann people, but yep. that's company's own somewhere out of, outside of Minnesota now. So, and I love Bernatello's Pizza. Gotta oh. love it. Gotta love Did it. You hear Gotta that? Love I love it. it. I love it. Love Forty three fifty. We <laughs> love it. We love it. All right. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Appreciate it. It's been a, an, a fun hour of time here with Sean Podine. We'll see you tomorrow on the Pizza Pod.